Welcome to the Catholic Sphere. Each week we have a different host and a different focus as we tackle topics important to Catholics around the globe. I'm your host this week, Debbie Cowden. Today's episode is about pregnancy resource centers and maternity homes and how they both serve and save women. My guests today are on the front lines ministering to women and children together. They have decades of firsthand experience in this pro-life cause. We have Mrs. Joy Pinto, Mary Pat Yoner, and Peggy Hartshorn. Thank you ladies for joining me. Now Joy, our viewers will know you from your ever popular show At Home with Jim and Joy here on EWTN, but what some don't know is that you're also the executive director of a pregnancy resource center called Her Choice here in Birmingham, Alabama. So what are women looking for when they come to you and what services do you offer? Well, we are a pregnancy medical center, and that means that we offer free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. We also work with clients who are in unplanned pregnancies who think that abortion is their only option, and we go over all of the options that are available to them. We offer parenting classes, so if a mom comes in and she doesn't think she has resources or the skills to be the best mom on the planet. We want to empower her and equip her and walk her all throughout the pregnancy to aid her and guide her in any way that we can. If she needs a medical referral, we refer to doctor's offices that work with our clients specifically. And then also if she needs a maternity home, let's say she's homeless or she's in a difficult living situation and she needs a place to stay, we also assist and guide with that. So we're there. 365 days loving well. I think that's the best thing that we offer. We offer them the love and the truth and hope that God has a plan for their life and for this unplanned pregnancy that they find themselves in. Amen. We're so grateful for uh, what you offer to women and children and families here in Birmingham. And Mary Pat, you're the director of the St. Gianna and Pietro Mola Maternity Home in North Dakota. And for the past 20 years now, you've been helping women and their babies in a very unique way. So tell us about what your maternity home offers women. We're located here in rural North Dakota and um, we serve, you know, kind of our mission, our theme, one mother, one baby, <clears throat> one family at a time. And we usually have three to four moms here at a time and we just walk with them where, where they are. Um, we've had as young as 12, we've had, had as old as 39. Um, we provide you know, any spiritual, emotional, obviously their physical needs and also educational needs. We have a lot of our moms working on finishing high school or getting their GED or you know, other, furthering their education you know, if, if they're at that point that they're able to do that. Um, we just, wherever they're at, we try to our best to love them and to bring them to that next step and in that time that they're with us, um, hopefully change their lives and help them make those decisions that, you know, um, change the future for them and for their little one. Amen. One woman at a time, one child at a time, one family at a time. And Peggy, you served as the president of Heartbeat International for over 20 years, and now you're the board chair. So tell us about Heartbeat International's mission and just how extensive your network of help is. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, Heartbeat International's mission is to reach and rescue as many lives as possible around the world through an effective network of pregnancy help that renews communities for life. And you've just heard 
two of the wonderful women leading part of that effective network in, in North Dakota and in, in Alabama. And that's happening all over the world. We actually have now 3,400 locations that are affiliated with Heartbeat International around the world. Now you see the uh, map in the United States, 2,200 of those 3,400 locations are in the United States. And as you see, about two-thirds are east of the Mississippi because that's two-thirds of the population <laughs> is east of the Mississippi. We are where the women are and the men are and the families are that really need help. And around the world, we're in all the inhabited continents. We're in uh, over 90 countries. And there are many networks, uh, kind of many networks like Heartbeat International that we've helped to start and strengthen in different regions of the world so that every woman deserves love and help and support when she's facing a pregnancy. And uh, the Holy Spirit is raising up people all over the world who are called to help provide that. And it gives me goosebumps when you look at that map and you see just how many pregnancy resource centers are out there, just just the heartbeat ones. That doesn't even include all of the other clinics. And so the, we are out there on the front lines. Just remarkable to see all of those little dots represent uh, so many women who are getting help. And Joy, we know that for many of the women who are coming in, the pregnancy is not the crisis, so to speak, in their situation, but it could be a symptom of a greater problem or a greater crisis. So could you tell us what are some of these complex issues that women are facing that lead them to thinking that abortion is their only option? Well, some of them have been abandoned by their boyfriends, and so they're alone, they're despairing, they're thinking that abortion is going to solve all their problems. Um, sometimes girls are facing homeless issues. Um, if they continue with the pregnancy, they've been threatened that if you keep this baby, you no longer have any place to stay. Um, and there are financial issues, and so it's kind of like, I can't have this baby because I don't have the resources that I need to continue with this pregnancy. So there's a lot of um, lies, <laughs> there's a lot of despair and hopelessness, and we live in a post-truth era right now. And so on a daily basis, we get to restore hope, we get to restore the truth and tell them the truth that they are not alone and we will not abandon them. Her choice has been a pregnancy medical center since 2003 in downtown Birmingham. And we see over a thousand clients a year. So girls come in needing pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, um, they need resources. We outfit them with everything that they possibly could need. And we're just seeing a lot of brokenness. We're seeing women that have made a poor life choice in the past to have an abortion, and they didn't get the results they were counting on. And they're hurting. And they need to know, where, where do I go to have my soul restored? Who can tell me the truth? How can I get past this guilt and this shame and this very stuck place where I find myself and I'm spiraling out? And so they come into our doors and the the best thing that we do is we love them. We don't judge them. We're very open-hearted, very open-handed with everything that we have. And we want to restore them and repair them and really empower them with the truth that this isn't the end of the story. You can go on. We're here to help you. And our doors are open to you. And we want to 
lift that cloud of hopelessness where they seem to be walking in or they've been left by their boyfriend and abandoned in despair. Amen. And thank you for talking about the, the women who are post-abortive because we do want to let women know that if you're suffering after an abortion or if you're a father who has lost a child to abortion, that there is hope and there is healing out there. Uh, we'd like to talk about Rachel's Vineyard. Um, and I know that if you reach out to Joy Pinto at Her Choice, that she will help connect you with resources uh, for post-abortive care and healing. And so for a woman out there, Joy, who might be listening or watching right now who thinks that ending her pregnancy will somehow eliminate her crisis. What message would you have for her listening right now? Well, I wanna tell her that she's not gonna get the results that she thinks she's gonna get. Because we, I hear thousands of stories from women who when they did the medical abortion, did suction and curatage, um, how awful it was for them emotionally, spiritually, physically. Some women have um, become infertile. Some women uh, have a great difficulty with sustaining a pregnancy. There's an increase of miscarriages. And not only that, but there's the brokenness in their soul. And most of our clients come to us and you know, they're, they're faith-based. It's not like God is not on their radar or in their orbit. And they even know it's wrong. And because it's written on their heart, because we've all been made in the image and likeness of God, and we know right from wrong, but it doesn't mean we always choose to do the right thing. And so when women are broken and men who've made that poor life choice, there are pregnancy medical centers all throughout this country and the world, as Peggy Hartshorn so, so shared so beautifully, to empower them because they believe the lie that they were going to be really happy that they solved a problem, and that's just not what they got. And we do want to walk with these women when they're in these difficult situations. Mary Pat, you've seen firsthand how hard these situations are for women and they need someone or they need a group of people to support them. So how have you seen that being in a family setting under one roof is helping women? Well, just that unity, that unitedness um, with others in similar situations and others who are there to help them 24 seven, as Joy beautifully stated, you know, these women are broken. A lot of people come to our home and come on a tour and they say, oh, what a beautiful, peaceful home. But that's not how our mothers enter. They enter afraid and alone. And they come to us because everyone else has failed them. Their own fathers have failed them. The fathers of the baby have failed them. And they have no one to turn to. And that really is our mission and our goal is to, to show them that this little life is going to bring joy. Um, we have a beautiful chapel in our home, the Chapel of the Visitation, with the words above, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And when we think in our own lives, when have we felt joy is when we feel loved by God and by others. And um, that's what we want to do for them. And that's what we've been able to do um, in many situations. You know, they come here and, and they grow and they blossom and they flourish with just a normal family setting, which includes, you know, the, the dishes and cooking and things like that, but also having fire pits and going on bike rides and a summer vacation and, you know, celebrating the holiday days and celebrating baptisms and things like that. You know, I think of one of our young girls who came as a 15-year-old, very shy, little sophomore, pregnant. Her father had died in a terrible farming accident, and her stepmom, you know, was struggling to cope with that, and she just really didn't have the support. And um, she ended up placing her little girl, Gracie, um, 13 years ago for adoption, but Chrissy stayed with us for three years. And um, 
she was in volleyball and she was the prom queen and she got her CNA license and today um, she is now a director of nursing at a nursing home, you know, and, and so her life was changed, changed for the better. And we see that time and time again. You know, I think of another mom, Tiffany, who was a lot older. She came, she was 32 and she was actually pregnant with her seventh baby. And she had lived on one of our Native American Indian reservations and really was struggling, struggling with finding a place to live, finding, struggling with any support. And so she came with the intention also of placing for adoption, but, and, and she was with us only a short time because she had other children. Um, but I just remember it was after Christmas, it was in January, and we had received from those who support us gift cards to um, hair salon and nail salon. And so I was the one who was privileged to be able to go with, with Tiffany that day, and she got her hair highlighted and she got, um, pink nails and you know she had a bright pink shirt on and she said I feel so loved and I ha asked her she was 32 when was the last time you felt loved Tiffany and she said when my grandma was here and I said well when did your grandma die and she said when I was 14 and I think you know those of us who live in healthy family situations we can't even comprehend that in all those years no one had had been kind and reached out and loved loved her and so um she really taught me a lot that day um uh, god rest her soul she died a couple of years later um you know drug use involved but also a lot of abuse um a lot of hardship she was alone in the world but when she was here she felt loved and she felt joy and um that was so beautiful the love is so important it's what women really need peggy in your book speaking of love um, in your book the love approach which viewers can get at ewtnrc.com you emphasize the power of listening to others and hearing their stories and letting them know that, that you truly care about them. And, and while it's a book that's applicable to all types of relationships, uh, we can also see from, from Joy Mary Pat's responses that in the case of the pro-life movement, it's not just about getting women to not have an abortion, which of course we certainly want, we want them to not have abortions, but it's also about walking with them and helping them alleviate the suffering in their lives. So could you tell us more about your book, The Love Approach, and what you've seen from it within the pro-life realm? Thank you, yes. Uh, well, the love approach stands for the love that we are called to give to the women that God brings into our lives. Uh, and the men and the families, just as, as Joy and Mary Pat have shared. But we can also kind of break it out into some ways of loving. The L stands for listen and learn, really relating to them, listening to them, letting them tell their story in a safe place. Uh, before we even think about opening options, the O step. Yes, there are always alternatives to abortion, but before we even think about going into that, we need to know who she is. We need to hear her story. She needs to feel loved by us simply by careful listening. And then the V is introduce a new vision and value. Most of the women, as you've heard some of the stories, come to us broken. They feel ashamed sometimes, embarrassed, even though they may cover that up with an attitude of, I've got all this under control. Deep down, they are really hurting and feeling alone and abandoned. And so a new vision that they really, that their lives are worth something, that God made them in his image and likeness, and he loves them, and we love them too. And then the E-step that we can extend and empower them through practical help. And you've heard stories of how we do that as well. Well, this approach uh, works everywhere. It works all around the world. It's been translated into different languages. And, um, you know, I can tell you, 
it, it came about, I believe, as an inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, to help me to 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 write this down and to try to promulgate it. Um, I was thinking back; it was probably the second pregnant girl that my husband and I housed in our home. Uh, we started housing in 1975 and and did that through uh, through the 80s. But this was Susie, and she was really struggling every night. I would sit by her bed and we would talk about her feelings, her thoughts, her wants, uh, her beliefs, her values. That's now what we call the self wheel. What is going on within you? And, uh, and, and she was struggling so much with her options. She had decided not to have an abortion, but now what about single parenting versus adoption? Uh, because uh, a marriage was not an option for her. So, so she struggled with that night after night after night. And uh, we finally realized that, that the one thing that was the most stressful for her was that she didn't believe if she single parented that her father would be willing to be a father figure for her son. And she knew that that, and she, she thought she was having a boy, she wasn't sure, but she thought that was so important to have a father figure. And what, what happened as we prayed about it, as she struggled over that, uh, amazingly, and I think God inspired it, uh, her father finally did call and say, if you decide to continue uh, and, and become a single mom, I will be with you every step of the way. And that was what she needed. And sometimes we say, uh, Debbie, that the best alternative to abortion is another person. And in this case, it was her father. She needed his love and support. And in some cases, you know, when women tell their story uh, afterwards, when they feel more loved and more secure, and they say, how, how did help arrive? <laughs> Sometimes what they remember most is the V-step. Someone encouraged them, affirmed them, uh, told them that they could do it, told them that they were loved. And that's the part of the love approach they remember most. Um, I heard the story of a woman who came to give her testimony at a banquet of a pregnancy center uh, that had been in existence for 40 years. And when the woman saw the celebration in the newspaper, the local newspaper, she decided to call the center and tell them, you helped me 40 years ago. I never came back. I only came to you one time. But it was when I was living in my car and my boyfriend's mother made an appointment for me to have an abortion in a city about an hour away the next day. And one of my friends said to me, please just go one time and talk to the people in this new pregnancy center that just opened up down the street. And she said, I did. I said, all right, I'll go one time. And she said, what you said to me was, you can do it. You can be a good mother. That's the V-step. That's the only thing she remembered. She said, I never came back, but I wanted to come tonight and introduce you to my son. He was a wonderful, handsome young man, 40 years old. And she said, it was because you shared that with me that my son is here tonight. So the, the, the steps of the, of the love approach affect people profoundly and, and differently. Uh, but we, we know that it brings hope and love uh, around the world, and that's such a blessing. Praise be to God. 
Amen. Praise be to God. And praise be to God for the witness that the three of you ladies offer and, and your mentorship as well, because as a young mom who personally is very invested in the pro-life movement, it's so important for me to hear these stories about just how many lives have been changed and the potential impact that we have on women when we love them, as you've said. And now, Joy, as Catholics, we know that this isn't just a battle for lives, but it's a battle for souls, too. So tell us what or or rather who is in your women's center fighting the spiritual warfare with you? Who is making a huge difference for the women and the babies? Well, it's a great story. Um, we were at our banquet and we always had a chapel at our, you know, at the center. And, um, and we always encouraged our volunteers and staff to go pray at the end of the day, to do a cleansing prayer and, um, and then one, we were at a banquet and Father John Paul turned to me and said, hey, you need a tabernacle at the center. And I was like, oh yeah, I do, but I don't know how that's gonna happen. So he goes, well, I'm gonna ask the bishop. So we asked Bishop Baker, Robert Baker, who was the bishop of our diocese at that time. And within a rocket time, three days, the bishop said yes. And Father John Paul was to take care of, celebrate monthly, um, and to you know manage that whole process. For me, it was a game changer. What happened miraculously was our mortgage got paid. We started seeing more women than we've ever seen before. We, uh, the boyfriends or significant others started accompanying the moms to the mom, to the parenting classes. And then we started seeing marriages where people were saying we were presenting marriage as God's best. And it, the, the, what's best for the child is to be raised by the parents who created it. And, and I, that's what God's plan is. We present that and they're like, I want that. The problem is they've never seen it. They've come from so much brokenness, broken families, never had a father in the home. So many of the young men never even knew their fathers. And so all this restoration started happening all because Jesus showed up. And for me, as being the director, I mean, I run into that chapel many times throughout the day. It's like, Lord, help us. Blessed Mother, pray for us. And we, our staff and our volunteers, our board is ecumenical and everybody is fine. It's good. God's doing an amazing thing. And for Jesus alone and for his glory, we continue to do what we do every single day. And we tell our staff, everything good that happens here today, to God be the glory. Anything wrong that happens, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. And we, we know God alone changes the hearts. And we started seeing more saves. It was, it was just a miracle. It is a miracle indeed. And Mary Pat, your maternity yeah. home also has that foundation in faith. So not everybody knows the story of St. Gianna Mola and her husband Pietro. So briefly, could you tell us why did you name your maternity home after them? And could you also tell us who the special person is who is on your advisory board. Okay, I sure can. Um, we chose, when we started, we were blessed Gianna maternity home because she was only beatified. And um, I had taught high school before that and she was just a modern example of a woman who fully loved life and embraced life in all ways from skiing and mountain climbing to the opera to wearing nice clothes and things like that. 
um, the church and her family describe her life as a canticle of praise, of, of joy to God. And um, she's most known for that last sacrifice. Um, once she was married, she married at the age of 32 um, to her beloved Pietro, um, who we have now added to our name. Um, and they chose life. They had three children right away, followed by two miscarriages, even though she was very sick with each pregnancy. And with that last pregnancy, there were many decisions to be made. And she chose to fight for that unborn no matter what. Um, and little Gianna Emanuela, they named her after the mother. And Emanuela, God is with us, even in this difficult time, even in struggles and trials. Um, and St. Gianna only got to hold her little girl one time. And she died eight days after she was born. And so really, you know, the sacrifices, most of our women aren't called to sacrifice their lives in the way she did, but all mothers are called to sacrifice. And I think um, both in her joy, St. Gianna, as well as her sacrifice, she's the, the most beautiful, perfect patron we could have ever asked for. And through the journey of um, naming this home and talking about her, we were able to meet both Pietro, um, her husband, um, when he was still alive, and the daughter, um, Gianna Manuela, Dr. Gianna Manuela, who now serves with us as an advisor. She spent a lot of time here, um, sometimes months at a time, as she um, works to begin an international center for family and life. This is kind of her home base here, and um, I feel very united um, to her in, in our work, and it's a great blessing to have a member of this family um, who's in heaven um, with us here at, in, in little North Dakota. And what a beautiful reminder too that the, the saints are alive, the saints are real. They walked this earth, they faced our struggles too, and uh, that they're, they're in heaven praying for us and that you were all connected as members of the body of Christ. Now, Joy, we only have a couple minutes left in the show. I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. So could you please tell our viewers how they can support local pregnancy resource centers and also maternity homes? Well, there are pregnancy medical centers all throughout the country, as Peggy shared. Um, in the state of Alabama, we have like 67 of them. Some states are life states where abortion is banned in that state, but you can support your local pregnancy medical center. All you have to do is go to option line, put in a zip code, it will come up where it is in your location, where you live in the United States, and you will be able to support. Maybe you say, well, I can't volunteer or I can't you know, be on staff or anything, but I can send money. And I wanna tell you something. Most of the biggest donors of pregnancy medical centers and pregnancy resource centers are men and women that are post-abortive because they're making reparation. They're seeing the damage that they've done in their past and they're telling God, I, I wanna make it better for somebody else so someone else doesn't believe the lie that abortion is gonna solve all my problems. And so you can support them. So just go to optionline.org, put in your zip code and it will appear where it is near you. And they have banquets, they have uh, golf tournaments and ways that you can be a part. And if you can't financially support, know that these ministries are the foundation is prayer so you can pray and we all need your support and your love and your prayers amen we will pray and we will work to end abortion and, and not just make it illegal but also unthinkable and so um, i ask you to please join me in praying to end abortion and uh, we thank you for uh, all of all of the efforts that you've put in so far ladies 
uh, to help end abortion and to support women in these pregnancies. Well, that's all the time for today. Uh, if you enjoyed this discussion, you can watch even more episodes of The Catholic Sphere on our online streaming platform, EWTN.com slash on demand. Joy Pinto, Mary Pat Yonner, Peggy Hartshorn, the time has flown, but thank you again for being here today and sharing about the beautiful work that you do. So Joy Pinto, Mary Pat Yonner, Peggy Hartshorn, thank you for sharing the truth with us today. And thank you for joining us. We do hope to see you again next week, right here on The Catholic Sphere.